This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try and hold back my excitement uh, talking to you today because, well, the children, they've just gone to sleep and I don't want to feel the wrath of Mrs. P if I decide to do my usual booming voice. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to play it play it down a wee bit this episode. Yeah, well, I pretend that's the only reason you're not entirely excited to speak to me. This is This is the joy of my week. Thursday evenings, yes, please. How are you though? How how has your week been? Um, it's you know it's been quite a tiring week um, so far. More busy than I'm, I'm usually used to, but you know it's always good to go and speak to Scott Lindsay on a Thursday afternoon. Hey, look at that company man, always. Uh, yeah, what, what sort of week has it been? Well, a Mexican boxer made some funny noises on the county ground pitch this week and caused a lot of a. Uh, was that impressive? I believe it was Luis Alberto Lopez who's fighting Josh Warrington in Leeds this weekend. Is that is that a big thing? Are you a boxing man? I'm not, but it was nice to see someone fight for a change whilst wearing that shirt. <laughs> 
Yes, um, it's incredible how one man can sound like an entire block of the Arkles whenever <laughs> Swindon are defending a corner in injury time, isn't it? it was some some extraordinary noises coming out of his mouth while he was doing the old fisty thing. Yeah, if he just says forward, it'll sound like the whole Arkle stand the rest of the time as well. Good on him for walking on the county ground surface. Although I did notice he was wearing a Swindon shirt with no sponsor. How come he gets one and we can't? <laughs> we're we're being too held back by First City and all of their all of their deeds apparently. But yeah, you know, he had number five on the back, so he, he understood even maybe without seeing them play that Louis Reed is that guy. He really is. Okay. Well it's, well, it's not going very well at the moment for Swindon Town, is it? Since we were decimated in the FA Cup by Stockport and told we're going to concentrate on the league now, we're now one point out of a possible nine. Joe, you were at Crawley. Your final thoughts, please. Yes, I was at Crawley. I wish that I wasn't whilst I was there, but at that point it was too late. Um, it was not great. I would stick to that by saying I don't think we necessarily deserve to lose because Crawley weren't good either. Agreed. But yeah. they got the two sort of quite fortunate goals and you know, we we were just really passive. It was, you know, it wasn't great. I was sort of essentially you know, right behind Fraser Blake Tracy during the second half and he put some good crosses in. There was just no one getting anywhere close to them. It was it was just annoying to watch and have to have gone all the way there to witness. Yeah, I, I performed my flappy flapperton duties diligently on the pod after that, and I completely agree. You know, it, it was it should have been a classic nil nil. You know, nothing happened, and then the errors um, emerged, and that was that. But it was just, I think it's that passive. There, there was just at no point did I think. We were gonna. There was a bit where we were a little bit on top, and I thought we might score, but it was me probably being hopeful more than anything. It was a stinker, wasn't it? And we said that two weeks in a row now, so we're looking for improvement in in against Wimbledon this weekend. Yeah, I don't know how much uh, how much doing that will take. Actually, improving against Wimbledon, I, I, I think I sort of know where you're coming from. I think straight after half time, Ronan Darcy came on and changed it up a bit. Which you haven't been able to say too much about Darcy lately, but that, so for that period we were all right, but it was just it was just bad, really. I think the crew was crew was frustrating because there were lots of chances we passed up, but Crawley there just weren't the chances. Yeah, well, it is what it is. S quad est. Um, I like to do a comparison to last season uh, just to see where we're at and it's it's very very similar, isn't it? Last year at twenty we had one nine drawn six lost five and this season we're one eight drawn seven lost five we're a little bit better defensively and a little worse off uh, attacking wise um, and that's really the the only major difference and so, so not that bad at all but again as I keep highlighting last season we relied on a pretty damn impressive running uh, where it looked like we were out so I'm, I'm still relaxed if I'm honest Joe because January could mean anything couldn't it I mean across the division it, it I'm, I'm soothing myself like in in the notion that you just can't write off a season until until you see what the lay of the land is at the end of at the end of next month no absolutely not I mean I was looking at the table before the first Crawley goal and thinking if we score here we go fourth so <laughs> like you know we we can't be doing that badly if that was the no, case no. you know even now I think we're still only three points off it so it's 
it, we we just need to be slightly better and we're easily in the playoffs. And if we're a lot better, then maybe we can go and try and hunt down Northampton in third place. I think above that might be a little bit far away already. But you know, I, I think there's easily easily a way in which we go up. and It's not going to take too much more, which is really weird because Swindon have been average at best this season. Is there any sense from when you attend presses and post-matches that there is any sort of pressure on Scott Lindsay because everything's very nice he's doing sort of interview duties both internally externally you know he's 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 saying broadly positive things although I get the sense that not he doesn't quite believe it himself every time if he's a little jaded in, in his interviews or a bit tired this this is another presser where it's not really He's not really probed for much, is he, in terms of the, the poor mini form that we're in at the moment? Because it's not it's not drastic at the moment, a win against Wimbledon, and it, things will look very rosy in terms of the League Two table, I'm sure. Is is there any sense of, of, of pressure that you detect at all? He, I mean, he doesn't seem any different to me. I would be surprised if there was too much pressure, because, you know, if you bring in a, a rookie manager in a full new squad of young players, I'm not sure you're expecting to be top of the table and absolutely flying in December. And if, if those were your expectations, then I have some big questions to ask of Ron Magnus, of Clem Morfuni, of what how they think football works. So I don't think there's any immediate pressure on him at all. I think you know, if, if, the, if we have a similar run that we did at this sort of stage last season, then, then maybe that that might happen because we were terrible in December and January. But I think I think for now it's it's very much seen as a small blip that we could pretty easily get over and then still very much be in the running. Yeah. Well let's see what happens. But reasonably big Swindon related news this week. Kind of Swindon related, tenuous I I guess. Ben Garner lost his job at Charlton Athletic, which of course changed Swindon's plans and possibly how this season would roll out. Scott Lindsay was, of course, a coach with Ben Garner last season, and he was asked about this in the presser. What do you say about this? Yeah, he said that he was he was speaking to Ben Garner that morning on, on his way in before sacking, and then they had a chat that same evening post-sacking. So, you know, even if Scott Lindsay decided not to go and join Garner at Charlton, they've clearly got a, a good friendship going along. Um, he said that he was he was largely just disappointed for Ben Garner, um, and the fact that he got sacked. And he, he didn't laugh, which which would have been my personal reaction to hearing that you know ah. that the guy who was sort of your superior for a while had had left, had passed his new, and then very quickly been canned. But he was, you know, he was. I think he's just a little bit disappointed for a friend, and expects that he'll do better somewhere else. Which you know you'd imagine. Garner would do because he did pretty well at Swindon, all things considered. Mm, the spite is strong with this one. I, I think my reaction when it was emerging, I think it was the day before when it was rumoured that Ben Garner was to be let go by Charlton, is I was quite annoyed by it, not because I was a super fan of Ben Garner, it's just the impact it had on us last summer cannot be understated I don't think and I don't blame him for going it's, it was a huge gig and he wasn't ready for it and I guess sometimes you don't realize what you have until you've uh, passed it for for the valley I suppose but um, it, it did change it's, I'm not saying that this season we'd be top of the league and well ahead but Ben Garner had different approaches to 
to the day-to-day, some good, some bad from everything I hear, some very good and some a bit more frustrating is probably um, the best way to describe it. But that turnaround of staff wasn't really welcome last summer. And it's just so annoying when a club goes all in on on a team's coaching staff, because I'm sure Scott Lindsay was a part of the equation for a bit. And then they bin them just a few months later. And I'm just left here thinking, well, what, what would have happened had Ben Garner stayed? But I'm sure most people are just sat here like yourself going, ah. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't find myself being particularly spiteful to went towards Ben Garner. I think the situation itself is a bit is a bit amusing, but I just never really liked Ben Garner that much. I was never yeah. particularly enthralled by him. So, you know, I I didn't have much of a huge reaction to him leaving and the fact that and I'd sort of you know, given up looking at anything Charlton related because it, it didn't really matter to me whilst he was there. So yeah, you know, I, I don't think I'm in, as as spiteful as maybe that initial comment sounded, but <laughs> it's you know it's just one of those things you say. You know they've they've gone all in on on Garner by the sound of things, not backed him particularly well, but from what everyone on from Charlton was saying, and then very quickly pulled the plug on that project, and that's just seemingly where Charlton are these days. Yeah, I watched their FA Cup game against Stockport and watching Payne and, and DJ just look like shadows of their of their former selves was a sad sight. Oh, I miss DJ. Just want oh, him back. Awful, awful exit. There was no need for it. God. Oh, okay, well, we'll move on from that and we'll, we'll go to really quite nice content in terms of the hospital visits that the club have been doing this week, which they were asked about in the presser. And it's, it's, it's one of those things that I don't remember seeing much under the, uh, the latter stages of the power era. That might be wrong. That might be unfair, but it was just, it's just lovely content, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very wholesome indeed. I don't think, as you said, I don't think I remember too much about it. Scott Lindsay sounded, <laughs> I think a bit like a, a school teacher who was taking them on the ship. It's like the boys were very well behaved. They, they, conducted themselves very well but um yeah it, it sounded like i had a very nice time uh getting to have some, a chat with the with the uh children on the ward and get get a different perspective on things and it sounded like a good experience all around for them yeah oh that's nice okay well we'll move on to more football um matters now football related matters there was a development game this week after just days after i said are we having development games well there we go um newport county away Swindon uh, started with copland in goal Lavinia, divine bordry mcdonald darcy agua Roberts, Shade, Williams and Adeloy all started and then a few subs came on. We'll talk about injuries in just a moment, Joe, but Adeloy scored a goal. Hooray! Go on, Tommy. I've, I've wanted him to do well this whole time. I think anyone who watched Crawley would have seen the quite strange chance that he somehow didn't get on the end of towards the end of that. And I'm still trying to work out in my head how that how he didn't even touch that ball. But you know, it's it's lovely to see him get on the score sheet. That hopefully will do him do him some good. He was in the end overshadowed by Wilfred Boney, who has apparently been training with Newport for circa two to three years at this point <laughs> without ever earning a contract. Well, he's but, just been going to the Middle East and so forth, and then comes back to uh, Newport yeah. to keep them uh, keep them guessing. Oh, Ben Wills with some shameless social media pushing on that front. I don't think he needed it um, when Boney scores. 
for Newport seems that the internet listens. Yeah, I mean, whenever you can get some old Wilfred Boney stuff going from um, the Ben Wills development um, social media admin, who I assume was covering the game rather than Ben Wills himself. Oh, I think it was Ben. It was Ben. Was it? Was it Ben rather than the development yeah. guy? Yeah. Well, that's uh, you know, it's always good, but. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a strange situation. The opposite of warm weather training from Wilfred Bone. He just goes to Newport whenever he's at a bit of a loose end. Yeah, well, we've all done it at some point in our lives, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, um, Swindon influencing others, as always. You're welcome, Newport County. So, as I discussed, or as I mentioned there, there were a few runouts for players that have been injured or away. Let's go through injury and potential team news. We'll start with Johnny Williams, because he is back. He is back. I briefly saw him in the corridors um, whilst we were on our way in. He, he looked resplendent. Uh, had that lovely um, Qatar glow to him. And then, yeah, it, Scott Lindsay obviously said that it was kind of what he said last week, quite being disappointed that he didn't get on, especially in that England game, which we're all hoping for him to do. But he's back, he's fit. He's uh, He's been on that as the opposite of Wilfred Boney. He's been on the warm weather training camp without ever actually having to play. And he's in He's in good nick to, to save our season. Please, Johnny, we need you. Seems that way, doesn't it? I mean, I didn't think that we were like a, a one-man team but here we are um since he since he left it's not gone too well so do you think there'll be a bit of pressure on him to instantly impress him what is of course the friends of gareth bell derby yeah i mean kind of he fortunately for him it, it won't be such an adjustment coming from from where he was to the sort of one degree temperatures that will be at the Candragan this weekend because chris gunt will be close by as you mentioned, which which probably help him acclimatise. But, you know, it didn't feel like we were a one-man team watching Swindon, but we've scored one goal since he's not been playing and looked pretty pretty poor in at least two of those three games, probably all three. So so maybe we were, and we desperately need him to, to hit the ground running again. Hopefully he, he, didn't listen, he didn't watch too much of the Wales games and take too many notes because... If he plays like later, then we might be in a bit of trouble. Yeah, yeah. Well, I welcome our glorious leader back. Um, and I really hope if Johnny is the guy that makes a difference, then let's see it this weekend. You will remember Saidu Khan took a knee to the face late on against Crawley. Look, nothing. But the more you look at it, the more, ouch, it, it appears. Obviously, he's not going to be available this Week, but it sounds like they're going through the protocols. Yeah, this is where the bad news begins to start um, in terms of Swindon's injury list for this weekend, which is not pretty le- pretty reading. Um, Khan, he said that Khan actually that night had got better, and then in the days following, he became quite dizzy and was was struggling quite a bit. He's he's now back to Swindon. Is you know, is getting better as the days progress, so he is he is doing well. But he go, enters into that sort of concussion protocol now. Um, so we certainly won't have him this weekend. He'll only be in light training from the start of next week. So again, I would find it unlikely that he's at Barrow. So he's, you know, he's probably at least two weeks away from being back in the team. Let's continue with the bad news then. So what else did Scott Lindsay have to say on the injury front? Well, he said that he had, uh, at Crawley, out of the five changes that he got to make, four of them were injury in four. So that's ah. um, Gladwin, Clayton... Jeff Cott, and I'm, I forget who the fifth, fourth person was in that list. And then, obviously, in the development game, Matthew Baudry came off injured, which is 
which is the bad part. So <laughs> looking a little bit thin at centre-back again. Um, Angus McDonald played 60 minutes in that game and he said that he was very happy to get that time under under McDonald in that in that particular game. So his likelihood of being able to play a full game seems a bit thin for this weekend. Um, Devine is injured again, um, <laughs> which which is, as, as you mentioned, pretty much all he does so far at Swindon. So... Yeah, it's it's not looking too good in terms of injuries. Yeah, that that, that divine comment was said off mic when I was listening to Scott Lindsay um, talk to Gab Sutton in an interview, and he was talking about Reese Divine. Like, well, he can play in two different positions, and I was like, well, it'd be good to see him play in one position for the first team before we start talking about multiple positions because he's only played once, once, twice, not much. At all, yeah. Divine limped off in the friendly against Newport, and I think Adeloy went off too. But that might have been a bit uh, a precaution. Um, Divine and Baudry needed help going off the pitch, and Adeloy didn't, according to our, our ITK at Newport County. I couldn't possibly tell you who that is. So better news though for Rashan Hepburn Murphy, who is back. Yeah, good news for Rashan. Um, again, he's. A bit like McDonald, he certainly won't be in from the start, but he is in contention to get back into the squad. And I, to, to be honest, I think we could really use him because he looked great against Plymouth and then got injured. But um, he, he just adds a little, hopefully, add a little bit of dynamism and that electricity that um, was talked about last week by Scott Lindsay in training. So hopefully, he'll be back soon, potentially off the bench. I think. It sounds like the squad's going to be a little bit slim this week, so maybe they won't have to use him off the bench. But you know, if if necessary, he he will be involved. And then again, by the time we get to Barrow, he should be growing in importance, and hopefully, he doesn't reoccur that injury once more. Yeah, and, and Scott Lindsay was asked about the team, and he's still not one hundred percent on his eleven based on the the sort of minor knocks, I suppose. Yeah, they're still having some scans and things for the various players, I think, particularly the ones who would have played in that Newport development match. So, you know, he's, he's he doesn't know quite yet what that team will look like specifically. They'll have some more answers probably by now as we're recording this, certainly by the by probably about midday tomorrow on what that team will be. And as, we, as I've been saying, it is injury impacted at the moment. Uh, he, you know, as as I put in the live box, some classic Lindsay-isms in the uh, the mood's still good. We're trying to keep that positive atmosphere. The staff, the players, you know, we're all we're all trying to get, keep ourselves going. But it sounded a touch of the bleak midwinters at Swindon this week. I don't want to say overdue, but it's been a while since we had a genuine injury crisis, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've been heaping praise onto the conditioning and medical staff for quite a while with Swindon, really, especially in regards to your Williamses and your Gladwins in terms of injuries. And then all of a sudden, when we've probably had two or three players out at various different times during this season and last season, and I think we did very well to avoid many long-term injuries. So, we, And then all of those crows have come home to roost at the exact same time. And um, I think the, the the phrase that was used was, Andrew, um, Andrew Hawes has got COVID at the moment, so he couldn't come in. And he said that, it's good that he wasn't being treated in our medical room because he wouldn't be able to fit at the moment. Better health to Andrew Hawes. Uh, get well soon, buddy. So before we talk about Wimbledon as an opposition, as a threat, let's talk about the weather because 
Swindon has a as a as temperatures going down to minus three, minus five degree feel. You look, you're looking at minus four feel on Friday. By the time kickoff, you're looking at two degrees. Is this game going to be on? Um, I think the answer is yes. The the better the bigger part of this weather and its influence has been to do with their training. They've got the covers and all the all the pitch stuff that Cassidy usually does. So the pitch should be absolutely fine by the time Swindon are playing. But Lindsay said that today their their unusual training pitch had sort of frosted over, so they had to go onto a free G, which meant they couldn't do all the things that they wanted to do in training today. It was it's truncated a bit, so they've had that impact. But the game should be absolutely fine, depend um, from from what they know at the moment. Don't think many Swindon fans will be desperate for Morocco versus Portugal, do you not? I mean, I'm personally direct desperate for Morocco versus Portugal, <laughs> and more from the sense of wanting to be able to get home in plenty of time for the evening England game. Given that I have to do the press conference every afterwards, but mm. um, yeah, I mean, it it doesn't sound like we'll be watching any of. Goncalo Ramos's mighty Portugal side this weekend. No, it doesn't. And um, yeah, I think I'll I'll get in just after kickoff if all goes well. If all works in my favour, I should get home just as the game is starting or shortly afterwards, which is fine. A little bit cheeky from Wimbledon to try and get the game moved. I think that was tokenism. I think they had lots of requests um, and they just put it out there and were very quickly told no. Um, a bit weird, isn't it, really? Because this has been... This part of the bracket was not exactly unrealistic, was it, for for quite some time. So this this should have been organised early in advance. But Wimbledon's not a million miles away, so hopefully their core of their fans will be back with plenty of time, or just in time. Yeah, their, their boys weren't back in Gareth's to, to win the group, apparently. Um, so maybe they didn't think it would be today. Um, it sounded like they very quickly were told by some of their fans that we've already booked travel for this. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was Wimbledon fans that were more outraged than Swindon, I think, <laughs> from from what I could see. Yeah, so so that was that was pretty much a non-start, and they had to withdraw it as quickly it was as it was floated. So yeah, it was, it's staying where it is. <laughs> yes, and rightly so, um, given the notice. But yeah, so Swindon versus AFC. Wimbledon then so um, Johnny Jackson has turned things around after a slow start can you believe this is the 8th of December that we're talking Thursday evening it's the 20th anniversary of Johnny Jackson's last game for Swindon can you believe that talk about coincidence Uh, a a dire 1-0 loss in the FA Cup that was televised against Oxford on BBC oh we all look forward to it and then it was Jefferson Lewis. I don't want to talk about it anymore. So here's the situation with Wimbledon. They are doing very well indeed. They have not lost any of their last seven league games. They were knocked out of the FA Cup by Chesterfield. Their run, their run has been a 2-1 win over Rochdale away, a draw at home to Crewe, a win at home to Harrogate, a very impressive 2-0 win against Leighton Orient. Very respectable 0-0 draw at Salford. A great 2-0 win away at Tramier. And last week, a 1-0 win against Grimsby. In terms of their squad, it's quite quite young. I looked at their back four, which includes Bristol City loanee Riley Towler, who's quite a celebrity around these parts because of a viral clip of him trying to figure out if there were more doors in the world or wheels. Still a door, isn't it? Um, I'm sure many have seen that, but I think 
their oldest defender is only about 23 years old. It's quite quite a young side, um, helped with veterans in midfield like Alex Woodyard and Harry Pell. We, of course, know Josh Davison, who will start up front probably on his own for Wimbledon and inevitably score a penalty, I have no doubt. What did Scott Lindsay have to say about Wimbledon and that very impressive run that they're on? Well, he very aptly pointed out that it's not really the time you want to be playing Wimbledon because they did not have the best start to this season and then have, have picked up big time. I think there was a stat the other day that they've picked up like one point less than Stevenage in the last seven or something like that. They're, you know, they're, they're playing particularly well right now. Um, Johnny Leafield offered the possibility that maybe the way they're playing would make it quite more of an open game and maybe a bit more end-to-end. And Scott Lindsay quickly said, no, we will control it. And then everyone just, everyone's heart sang. So, oh no, it's going to be like this again. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's there's certainly the, the belief that, I mean, I've seen Wimbledon play, they're not a possession side, unless they're completely switched around since then. So, you know, I, I think Swindon will be looking to control the game, play it on their own terms, and hopefully those terms will be a little bit more aggressive than the past few performances. Yeah, four clean sheets for Wimbledon in a row by the looks of it, doesn't it? So, you know, they are good at what they do at this moment in time, but these runs, they have to come to an end at some point. Last week, I talked about having a bad feeling against Crawley. I don't necessarily have that bad feeling against Wimbledon. I don't know why, because everything is is looking like they are going to be tough, especially with our possible injury crisis. It's not the best time to play them. Roll up, everyone. Get your tickets. Miss the World Cup quarterfinals and potentially a bit of the England game in the freezing, freezing cold. But it's true, though, isn't it? This, there, there will be better times to play Wimbledon. But it's, a, it's been an impressive turnaround for them. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to give them credit. There's a lot of talented players there. Like Ayuba Sal is, is a really, really good youngster. So you know, there was, I think they were always going to come good at some point. And, and they've done it in a big way in the last couple of weeks. And as you say, Josh Davison almost doubt, doubtless going to score a penalty and I'll just probably cry at that point. God, yeah. Would you have liked to have seen him this season? Would you Would you have liked him as, as, as a permanent signing? Absolutely 100% not. He's he's Wimbledon's record transfer in terms of fee. So, Is I mean, really? I don't think they paid too much for players before, but, you know, that's it's, it's something on a fee. I just don't think he was that good. I think mm-hmm. you know he he ran a lot. He tried hard, but there's, there's there was just wasn't loads there. And then I mean maybe he'll he'll go on and do a bit of a um, Elijah Adebayo on us, but I just don't think he was that good. I think Swindon created so many chances that his goal record ended up looking okay, but ultimately he was the one that cost his promotion. Uh, yeah, he was no Tyrese either, was he? No, but people got on Tyrese's back at the start, but there was there was always a player in there and you could see it. And then we were just starting to see it and he got starting to see it properly and he got called back. And then you know, Davison was, he just couldn't compare. No. Oh, well, never mind. Uh, the past. Gah. How do you how do you see this going? What what's your gut feeling on this? Not necessarily prediction of score, but do you, do you think this is this is going to be? I mean, it it sounds like with all the problems that we've got in terms of fitness, if we get a positive result, it's it's going to be a big part of the season, really, because players that maybe haven't been starting are, are going to put in a shift and and give Scott Lindsay a selection headache potentially. Yeah, I mean, obviously you hope they do. I believe I said last week that. This month was quite big in terms of Swindon playing a lot of 
mid middle of the table type team. Swimbledon a bit above that at this point with their run of form, but it's it's that rough area where you know if Swindon can elevate themselves above those teams, then we'll be looking good for at least top seven. So it's it is it's gets even bigger with the, with the result last week, and yeah, I I, I just don't know. I, I'm gonna say I've got some blind trust in Johnny Williams, and Swindon will hopefully look a lot more penetrative this week. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Scott Lindsay did talk about opportunities within the squad and he used you know, that term, this is why we build a squad. I'm not convinced the depth is as impressive as he might suggest, but as always, prove me wrong. Yeah, I mean, the thing with depth is it, it can only go so deep, especially in League Two. So, yeah, you know, I, I think so if we to put it towards the World Cup when France lost to Tunisia, it's like, oh, well, how was that depth is supposed to be? It's like, well, it's not two teams, is it? there's never going to be two teams unless you're Man City so yeah I think I think there's enough cover obviously I think with five or six injuries maybe even more than that that we're looking at this weekend and hopefully there'll be enough to cover it around I mean if the Newport's game's going to go by we might be ditching the back three again so I I, I just I just hope that people can people can step up and I, I do genuinely believe that Williams will help that me too. Um, before we get to your questions, uh, Scott Lindsay was asked about atmosphere. And in my mind, this feels like this could be a little bit of a tense atmosphere. If things aren't going our way, I, I'm sure the town end will t- try and generate some noise. But I, I think it will be quite tentative um, and not necessarily the the rousing um, atmosphere that Scotland might want. What do you think? Well, the, atmos- the atmosphere question was asked in regards to it being Christmas jumper day at Swindon, which supposedly <laughs> is on Saturday. So maybe that bring a bit of, of jo- joy and holiday spirit to the game. I'm thinking if Swindon are looking a bit passive, then after 15 minutes, it's going to get a bit, a bit, um, 15, either flat or ugly. Um, I'm putting 15 on then because no- normally probably about 20 minutes. So I think maybe a slightly shorter leash um, <laughs> this time, which it, the best of times isn't particularly long for Swindon to look to look look like they're cooking going forwards. So yeah, I I, I don't think this is going to be a particularly good atmosphere just based upon how people's reactions and the fact that at least all of the last weekend's discourse was based around the manager being sacked immediately. Mm, yes, indeed, I, I do think it will be a nervous atmosphere. Unless, of course, Swindon start really, really well and um, get a goal or two, then it's a completely different. I I think Swindon, over the last year or so, have been quite good in these higher stake home games where things perhaps haven't been going as well in the games previous. And then when the going gets tough, they do pull a result out the hand. The last one, of course, being Sutton. I mean, that's a crossroads moment sliding doors moment crossroads whatever um when it comes to scott Lindsay, because it was you don't know what you're doing when when things weren't going well and then wakelin saved the day so i'm 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 hoping that that sort of run of uh silencing the the, the negative or the unimpressed will will happen again well they, they'd had that run i think until this one i'm not sure if it was if it was the first time i swindon lost back-to-back games but it was over the first or the second um, where Swindon haven't bounced back, so hopefully the fact that they, that that record has been busted, there will be there will be that greater intensity on on getting it back again because it is something that has been 
has been a strong part of what Scott Lindsay has built so far. Yeah, it really has. Okay, well, let's listen to your questions. Um, Scott, I was where I was stood at the Crawley game. I was essentially on Razor Blake Tracy's shoulder during the second half. That's and, what. And that's it, why I couldn't run. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it, it sort of it felt like he was putting a lot of good balls into the box, but maybe didn't have that presence in the middle. Do you, are you feeling like you don't have enough physicality in the box, or is it just about putting in the right type of crosses? No, I feel that that there was. There were certain elements of our attacking play was lacking. First of all, our decision making was poor in the final third. I, f- I felt that, <coughs> excuse me, I felt that we got into good areas through good build-up play. Some of the best build-up play we've had all season, in actual fact, from the keeper all the way through to the final third to the you know almost to the eighteen-yard box. And then the, the the final decision was was, was poor. The other two things that were lacking was a bit of composure in front of goal and and a little bit of aggression to go and score and, and put the ball in the net. And I think if we add them three things to our attacking play, I think we score goals. Have that composure, make sure our decision making is right and also have that aggression to put it in the, in the net. It doesn't matter whether you're six foot four or, or four foot four. If you've got that want will and determination to be in the right place at the right time and get on the end of something, then you'll score. And, and I felt we were lacking that on Saturday. Yeah, this is kind of linked. I've seen a suggestion on social media that annoys me, but it's something you see a lot, that you can't get out of this league playing the way Swindon are trying to play. How do you respond when you hear someone say something like that? I don't. You just don't say anything? No. Um, and then, just about a month off the transfer window now, um, have you and Sandra been discussing what you're planning on doing? Are you in those sort of in that mindset yet? Yeah, I think we'd call it early discussions. Um, you know, I think we're 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 talking about what we what we need, if anything. You know, um, we look at the squad and think that we've signed a hell of a lot of players at the start of the season. Do we want to make wholesale changes? I think we'd be mad to do that. Um, will we add potentially? Will we skinny it down? Potentially, so yeah, we're we're in them early discussions, and they'll be ongoing up until we need to make real decisions. That's all for me. Thanks. Thank you. So you asked about aggression and desire. Yeah, I mean, you love the passion when it comes to League Two football. Obviously, this is a, a bit about what I was talking about earlier about you know the way that Swindon were putting putting the balls in the box and maybe not getting on the end of them, and it was it was just looking to see. Where whether he thought that was there was it was just not getting enough in that box because as I say I, I did feel that Blake Grace was putting some good balls in when he was getting forwards and Swindon were just not getting anywhere close to them and I I, I liked his answer of, of <laughs> saying he just needs the desire to get on the end of it I'm not sure if necessarily a four foot four person like he outlines would be able to out jump some of the players in this league particularly if Kyle Hudman comes on at any point for Wimbledon but. Um, yeah, it's 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 good to see that little bit of fire, and I think Swindon definitely do need to sort that out because we've seen at various points this season that until Romeo Hutton became a lot better with his delivery in, in sort of late October time, that Swindon were putting a lot of crosses in to absolutely no avail, and we don't want to go back there. No, and your second question was quite tricky, really, in in the grand scheme of things, um, talking about getting out of League 2, playing the way Swindon do. Any nerves going into that question? Um, not particularly. I think I was going at it from the point of view as, could you please 
answer some of these people, so don't maybe have to see the same point again. He he didn't maybe he didn't really do that. I, by maybe I mean he didn't at all. Um, you know, it was it was just the point that I saw a, a few times last weekend of he was saying, oh, you have to get a bunch of six foot five lads and kick it long all the time, and that's the only way you can succeed in League Two. It's like. Swindon have won the league playing like this before. You just need to do it better than we're doing at the moment. It's not you just whatever you're doing, you just need to do it well, not just conform to one specific thing. Like some people, for some reason, think we have to because we tried to do it once and it was terrible. I, I saw the Flickcroft basketball team; they were bad at it. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's not just playing long ball. That's not the only way to get out. Swindon have done it before under Wellens, and you got. Ryan Lowe's Plymouth Forest Green last season played that way. Oh, it's a cliche, isn't yeah. it? It's a cliche that in Division Four you've got to get ugly yeah. to get to get out. It's it's it, it used to be the case, but it's not it's not it's not a foregone conclusion. Yeah, it was it was just something, it's something that really irked me, and I wanted to see to get Scott Lindsay's take on it. And he, I mean, by not responding, he responded in many ways, but he didn't give the uh, maybe the the column inches that. Maybe I would like in my line of work. <laughs> well, congratulations! You also pulled the uh, the the transfer switch. Um, here we go then. So early discussions with Sandro. Um, all things um, other than wholesale changes on the table, which is nice, but you, you can't take that as given because they don't really have a say in some matters, mainly the loan areas. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I, I took, took your advice forward that maybe we were leaving in a bit too long to get into the transfer talk. So when no one else did, I thought I'd dive in there to see where they were. Um, he said that obviously that Sweden wouldn't be looking to, to sign loads of players and try and change things up in a big way, which obviously ideally they wouldn't do. But I think Swindon's transfer history would imply that Solbrin, at the very least, will be recalled. We'll have some release clauses we didn't know about triggered and suddenly we'll have half a squad have to do some major surgery but um obviously that's that's not something they would want to do and they're just you know he's he he said that obviously Swindon would be looking to maybe bring a few players in but they didn't know specifics quite yet and there was what I thought was quite telling um intonation in the way that he said that Swindon would look to slim down the squad a little bit I think a couple of outgoings sound like they they might be on the horizon. Hmm. We'll see what that is. What do you reckon? I mean, I I don't especially with this recent spate of injuries. I don't know how many players we can necessarily afford to lose, or who would come in and take the ones that we don't want. I think Swindon maybe need one or two players. I don't know how much room there is for for loads of players to come in. You know, you'd, you'd like a striker, maybe a different type, but. You know, we've got Tommy Adeloy already, and we've got Luke Jeffcott, and we've got Jacob Wakeling, and we've been struggling a little bit to try and find a way to play two of those together. So I don't necessarily know if there's room for one of those. Maybe you want another wide man, someone like that, and a centre back. But I, I just don't know how many incomings we've we've maybe got room for in this squad. We'll soon find out shortly. Well, that's pretty much it. Lovely. There was no player interview this time. Uh, I think they'd all ran away, uh, almost as if they're being protected after four disappointing results. Who, you know? the, the the official line was that the change to the training schedule had meant that they'd finished earlier, and so they just sort of all left. And I, I did see Romeo Hutton walking out the door as I arrived, so I do know that they weren't just hiding somewhere. 
Well, um, the amount of noise yeah. they usually make, you know, not they wouldn't yeah, yeah, you, you definitely hear them in the recording if if they were just just in Jonah and Isaac's room, you know. But, but yeah, I I choose not to read the um, conspiracy theory way, way of looking at this one, <laughs> saying that they were protecting the players, didn't want them to talk to the press with the results. I I, I just guess that the the train change in trading schedule did indeed mean that they'd all left. Jonah and Isaac's room. Disrespect. I got it wrong. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't pick Steve up on it. There, come on. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> um, <laughs> we will end with predictions. I'm going to go with one-one. Oh, you've, you've taken what I wanted. Um, I'm going to go blindly positive and say two-one to Swindon. I will take that over my one-one all day long. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Lowe's Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble? Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy. Or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.